Hi, hi. It's BNB Anime, and we're back again for another episode of Anime. What? We do anime here? <laughs> we do. An- Sometimes. We get there eventually. Yeah, it, it's uh, only getting worse as we go along, it, unfortunately. It really <laughs> 45 minutes of bants, 15 minutes of anime. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. This is only the, what, fourth, fifth time we've gotten together this week for some shape, form, or fashion. <laughs> for some, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's uh, fine. We're sick of each other. Speak for yourself. I'm offended. I'm actually having the best time. How could you say that to me? (laughs) I mean, okay, to be fair, I would also be sick of me, so I understand your perspective on the matter. (laughs) Nah, I'm not sick of you. I'm just sick. So fucking cool, my guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I, I feel like a major weight has been lifted off of my shoulders. Why? Oh, because last night is done and over with. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I, literally, like, after we got done recording that, which, by the way, for those that were not present, um, you should be. You should be present for whenever we actually do things. But we have officially recorded the first episode of B&B Gaming. It'll be up at some point. We make no promises because at this point, we don't fucking know. <laughs> to win yeah. it's gonna go up but it was it was done and literally as soon as we all um got done uh dakota called me and we talked for like an hour and then i passed the fuck out oh. <laughs> like i was done i have been wound so tight for the past couple of weeks like trying to make sure that everything was as perfect as i could possibly make it yeah. And then I just died after it was done. I, I could not anymore after that. Yeah. I didn't even set an alarm. I'm surprised I made it on time to church this morning. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, that, that's how bad it was. Sorry, God, I needed a nap. I mean, I I feel like of all days, that, that would have, today would have been the one understanding. But no, I I woke up. I made it on time. Everything was fine and yeah new fancy logos made and i'm pleased with how it turned out yeah they look great big preach i worked somewhat hard on it i worked mildly hard on it i have literally done nothing from the time i've gotten home from church except draw and then after i got done drawing it was just throwing it into canva and making it look pretty brad tried his okayest yeah i'm the world's okayest brad <laughs> I'm gonna get a trophy with that on it. You know what? There's a heck of a lot of Brads out there. So be the to so be to the okayest is Yeah, you know what? It, it's is fine. A th- it is a thing. I'm the world's okayest DM. I'm the world's okayest streamer. I'm the world's okayest Brad. I am just okay. A okay. Yeah. But how how you? How was work? This is uh, small talk is hard at this point. <laughs> yeah. Work was work. I went there this morning and made some coffee. Cleaned things because we're getting a follow-up audit from our previous audit where they check that we audited the audit things. Now, you see, typically whenever that happens to us, it's because we did bad on the audit. So is it just a checkup really on good. y'all? Hey, yeah, look at no, that. we did really good on our, our audit. It's just that our new... I was going to say regional director, but that is way too fancy for a coffee chain. I guess the manager person who does the managing above my manager uh-huh yeah they um 
are kind of new in their job position. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they are a little bit eager beaver to go around and make sure that everything is um, the best, you know? Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. I see so, where they're coming from. Yeah. In like a year's time, I'm sure that they won't be auditing the audits. But like right now, they are. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It all makes sense. Yeah. But it was fine. And it, yeah, we just had to do a lot of cleaning. Or, well, yes, we had to do cleaning, but also I made the team do cleaning because my wrist has been sore. So, like, last time when we were getting audited, I did all of the gross stuff because I was like, I don't want to make people being paid minimum wage do that. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> but today I was like, sorry, guys, I have to pull I have to pull the chronic pain card I got to today. <laughs> well, hopefully pain will be fixed very, very soon. Yeah, fingers crossed. Well, literally not fingers crossed. I'm not allowed to do that. I mean, makes sense. Yeah. I had to clean gums off the bottom of tables. Gums. Gums. <laughs> there there gums. are gums on the bottom of tables. <laughs> wow. Gum. Yeah. Because people are disgusting. People are fucking disgusting. Like, why would you do that? You you do know that somebody who's being paid barely over minimum wage is going to have to clean that off, right? Like, with a knife that then we're going to serve you things with. It'll be sanitized, but it's still the same knife. Yeah, I don't I don't think people care. People are just disgusting. The fact that yeah. we work in, like, some sort of retail environment, people are disgusting. Yeah. Like, I already knew people are disgusting because I cleaned those bathrooms. But, like, really? <laughs> Come on. Get your shit together, people. Get your shit together. And the thing is, is that I know I also live in Canada, which is, like, decent. In the ratio of, like, public hygiene and, and, you know, like, there's places that are far worse because of cultural differences where they, like, believe that it's the employee's job to do those things, you know? Yeah. People over here do have more awareness than other other places about that. But also, I'm like, can I go move to that place where they banned gum because it was, like, ruining the streets? I mean... Sure, why not? I think that's Dubai, and they won't want me there. I'm too queer, but... (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Valid point. (laughs) Valid point. But yeah. That's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. And they're also getting rid of our most popular roast of bean. What? Yeah. I found out day before yesterday they're discontinuing the one that literally a guy orders a five-pound bag a month. That's a lot of bean. It's a lot of bean. And then we had another guy order two... Of our small bags, every two weeks, he would come in and buy them. Sorry, my guy. No, apologies. That, um, you you have our deepest condolences here at the B&B Anime Podcast. Yeah, no more bean. No more bean. That's sad. Yeah. And now we have four light roasts and only two dark roasts. Like, what the fuck? Where's the, where's the medium roast? We do have a medium. We have two mediums and a bold, which is technically a medium, but we brew it stronger. The... Uh, a bald? Bold. Bald. Bold. Bald. So are you. I was about to say, how dare you bring my hairline into this? I am it's, sensitive about my receding hairline, thank you. It's a marble roast, so it's a light and a duck combined. Oh, so caffeine. And flavor. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. Less acidity, more depth, kind of smoky, not fruity. I think it has notes of caramel. I don't know. I don't remember. I barely qualify as a person who drinks coffee, let alone <laughs> somebody who has a like natural taste for coffee. So I cannot weigh in on this. 
God, why am I dying? Everything's fine. Um, but yeah, I I cannot weigh in on this because I am big dumb. I I can smell them more than I can taste them. <gasps> like you're nerds. definitely a step ahead of me then. <laughs> yeah, you can't smell nothing. Nope, I am just fucked up. <laughs> oh, poor bad. But like, if it's really fruity, I can taste it. But like for our dark roasts, we have one that's really smoky and it smells like tobacco. We have oh. another one. Yeah, we have another one that smells like. T- to me, it smells like manure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like if it, it smells like farm, you know. Uh huh. And I don't know if it actually does, or if I've just made that association in my head, and now that's how I mentally describe it. But it smells like farm to me. Just hello. Would you like to try our newest? Um, would you like to try our newest coffee? It um, it smells like shit. <laughs> I mean, I I said it to a coworker. I said, does this smell like like manure to you? And they agreed. But I also don't know if I like put that thought into their head and then they smelt it and also, you know what I mean? So like I'd have to get someone who has a neutral nose to smell it and be like, what does this smell like? How how strong of a smell is it? It's subtle. It's definitely a note, but like it smells like, I guess what it smells like is like, I guess it's a grassy smell, but it's like a hay grassy smell with like an earthy tone to it. And that's why I think it smells like manure because it smells like like fertilizer, like 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 cow pats that you put in your lawn. Like that's what I think it is. So I think it's like earthy grass is what it actually smells like. Mm. But to me, like my primary school was next to a horse's stable and opposite a sheep farm. And like I also then spent the past like 12 years before this in Alberta, which is cow country. Like I know what farms smell like and I just associated it with farms. So I'm like, it smells like shit. I see. You know, but I don't think it, I don't think that's what they're going for, but I think, and I think to city people, I mean, I'm in Toronto, like they probably don't associate it the same way that I do, but like I smelt that and I was like, yeah, that smells like shit. I kind of want to smell it just to see if I can smell it. It smells like shit. (laughs) (laughs) If you make, a soy matcha, and you add in a peppermint shot, it tastes like a peppermint arrow. What is a peppermint arrow? Like the chocolate. The Here, I'll send you a picture of it. I was going to say, I don't, I don't eat mint chocolate. So I don't know. I don't know. You, I, maybe, it's, maybe it's like a European thing. No, it's Nestle. I feel like you should know it. I guess we're going to find out. Soon as it crosses my dashboard. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Soy Never had that. With a bit of peppermint in it, tastes like one of those. Interesting. Yeah, I've never had those, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So that was my day. Scraping gum off of underneath of tables, cleaning the bases of tables, ordering people around. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perks of being the boss, though. I mean, I'm only the sub boss. So my boss tells me to boss people and then I boss people. I mean, still the boss. You're the boss of the podcast. You boss me to do things. Boss Blue is a boss. Yay. I'm nobody's nobody's boss at work, though, because I have no authority. I just get to look at people and go, do the thing that I want you to do. That's authority. Well, then then they go, fuck no, because they're all (laughs) sassy little bitches. But they still do it. And then I cry, and then they do it, because they (laughs) don't. No, I'm just kidding. My team are great. Oh. Like, one of my team today, I was having her clean this 
skirting board around the whole cafe because for some reason they thought it was an amazing idea. Guess what color they're going to make the floor skirting board around an entire cafe? White. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. So whenever we get anybody from head office coming in, they go, it's like dirty around the edges. And I'm like, have you seen the mop? <laughs> like, <laughs> Why, I wonder, do you think it's dirty around the edges? Huh? 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 Oh, I forgot to bring the cardboard boxes home. I'm packing mm. up my apartment and I got my boss to set aside some cardboard boxes for me. And then I just left them in the office. That's okay. You work tomorrow, it's- right? Yeah. Oh, see, so you, you get them tomorrow. That's fine. Yeah. Nobody needs to pack on a Sunday anyway. True. I wasn't gonna. They were gonna enter my abode and then find a corner and stay there until last minute. Then figure out um, whatever corner they're in next to the wrist brace. The wrist brace is currently on my wrist. Oh, look at that. Yeah. You two do days it. In a row. Three days. Two days in a row. Two days in a row. I nearly got excited. It's only two days. <laughs> I was going to say, the wrist brace made an appearance on the podcast yesterday or whenever it goes live for the people listening. <laughs> so I can double check and make sure that she's doing what she's supposed to be doing. Right. Oh. It needs a wash. It's covered in matcha. I mean, at least it's delicious. Maybe. I don't know. Um, it's Matcha is delicious. Matcha is delicious. Combine it with a wrist brace. Probably not, but matcha is delicious. No, we have Kyoto matcha. Fancy matcha. I gotcha. I do the words. I do the things. You know what I don't do, though? Play football. <laughs> you read my mind. Because <laughs> I... Soccer is one of the sports that I could never play. Too much no. running for me. I loved it growing up. Uh-huh. And I don't know if that's just an English thing, but, like... I went to matches when I was little with my dad. Um, I watched it on the telly. Even after we emigrated, like me and my dad would sit down and we would watch it together. My brother was never big into it. So it was like a me and dad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to the Women's World Cup. I went to the under 25s when it was here in Canada. Like I saw Canada play. I've seen England play. Like I have shirts, like, Football was always a thing for me, Mm -hmm. but I've kind of gotten out of it since moving out on my own. Like I haven't kept up with it as much. Which would make sense. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's just so expensive to watch it is the issue that I have. Like you can't like watch a live stream of it on Twitch, you know, like you have to buy a TV and pay for the channel for it, but you can't buy just the one channel that you want. You have to buy a bundle and I'm not, I'm not doing that. Definitely, definitely not worth it. Yeah, so I'm like, I would just rather, like, I and I, there's no real point, I don't feel like the need to just catch the highlights for things, because, like, I want to watch the, the game, like, I want to watch the whole match, and, like, just catching up on the highlights every now and again isn't my vibe, like, that's not, there's no, like, the culture around it is what makes football so fun, Yeah, and you don't get that culture when you're watching it just a clip on youtube you know which is very true it's just it's pretty much that same way with all sports as well like yeah. you just you just don't get it like unless you're there it's just it's something else yeah and it's like i mean there's a tfc here the toronto football club <laughs> i forgot the one the club <laughs> um, yeah uh-huh. and like i would absolutely go to a game if i had friends to go with but like I'm so out of the loop of it that going by myself doesn't feel that appealing. And none of my friends want to go because they're like, 
they're Canadians. <laughs> we only care about hockey. Ow. Can Canadian ladies care a lot about football. Um, ranked like I think number six in the world right now, like very high in the rankings. Um, Canadian ladies do fantastically. Christy Sinclair is great. I saw her play live. Like she's in commercials. Ooh, fancy! And, right for a female sports person to be in commercials. She is sponsored by like Nike. I don't know if she's sponsored by Nike, Adidas, one of them. You know, Adidas. I like uh, Adidas. It's funny because I say Nike, which is the American version, as opposed to Nike, which is the British version. But I say Adidas, uh, Adidas, as opposed to Adidas, which is the American version. It's because Adidas is correct. I say Adidas. That just sounds like too many extra syllables. It's the same amount of syllables, isn't it? Adidas, Adidas. Yeah. It just sounds so much more harsh. Like it's more harsh syllables. We speak a Germanic language. Everything we say is harsh. No, German is dramatic. German is dramatic, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) English, everything's fine. Everything just rolls well. Then you got Germans that always sound like they're shouting and they're just like, oh, have a good day. (laughs) It's it's because we have the influence of our Latin words and our Romantic words and then our Welsh and Irish and Scots and the Gaelic and the Gaelic and the whole nine yards. Yeah, the secret 11 herbs and spices. Got it. Yeah, the garlic, the oregano, oregano. <laughs> That's another one. Aluminium foil. Aluminium. 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 Oregano, oregano. Oregano? Oregano. Oregano. Orangutan. Orangutan. Because <laughs> that's a, not, it's an orangutan, not that's an a gorilla. orangutan. That's a what? That's a gorilla. A gorilla. That's a... <laughs> oh, also, I'm surprised I didn't catch shit from you last night. What for? Whatever I was doing Greta's voice, and I was how you would say properly enunciating room. I'm surprised I didn't catch shit from you. For because that. I only notice when you say it wrong. <laughs> I was purposefully doing that too. Like I was purposefully mispronouncing the word last night. So it's yeah. fine. Yeah. The rest of the time I say it properly. No, you say it wrong. I say it properly. It's rum. I I what is it? No, I've forgotten. What have you forgotten? Oh, saw. Saw? Is that it? Saw, and there was another word, and I was like, they sound the same to me. Um, Sore and sore? No, like, I can't remember. There's two words that are very similar that sound the same when I say them, but don't sound the same when Americans say them. Mm, And I think it's sore and something else. I don't, I don't get it. Whore! No. (laughs) (laughs) Sore and the wahooer. Well, then there's hour and hour. Yeah. As opposed to our and R. <laughs> Wait, what? H O U R and O U R. Yeah, our and our. Yeah, our and R, and then R and R. But who who would pronounce that as R? I do. Like it's our belongings. Our belongings. Yeah, sometimes I say our if I'm speaking to Canadians, but if I'm talking to my parents, I'd be like, "Oh, it's ours." Huh. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, Language is fun. Yeah. that's. It was a comedy sketch, that one, about hours. Hours? Days? Minutes? 525,600 minutes? 
How do you measure measure a year? Um, days. You measure in love, Brad. I don't know what love is. Daylight, intensive, sunsets, in, intensives. Stepsis, got it. Coffee. <laughs> you measure in sepsis. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Oh, yeah. Aren't plant cells naked? Isn't that a plant conversation that we had? Plant cells are naked. Yeah. <laughs> oh. They don't have a skin on them. They're all naked. Oh my god, that's so scandalous. All of the animal cells look at the plant cells and they go, Ew, you're naked. <laughs> oh my god, how oh. dare you. Oh Ow. my god. What the hell? <laughs> I learned today that mold is an iceberg. <laughs> Wait, what? So, so there's a video about a lady talking about cheese and um and how she was like, just cut off the edge of the cheese if it's moldy, and then it's fine to eat. And then a microbiologist was like, um, so I hate to break it to you, but mold is an iceberg. If you can see the tip of it, the rest of it is in the middle. <laughs> cutting off the edge is cutting off tip of iceberg. You're eating all the mycelium. Have luck with your food poisoning. I was like, <laughs> She said it just like that as well. Uh, she's American, funny enough. And <laughs> what? <I'm> just, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, yeah, I was watching that video, and um, there you go. Learned a new thing. I have also learned a new thing, but also, if something's moldy, throw it the fuck out. Yeah. Don't don't be gross. Don't be stupid. Don't what be the fuck? Stupid, stupid. Unless it's supposed to be like blue cheese. That's no. <laughs> blue cheese is moldy. I know. Don't eat it. <laughs> Just no. Or that one cheese that's like really moldy and has maggots in it. What? Do you not know about maggot cheese? Blech. It's disgusting. That that will physically make me ill. Kasumatsu. Yeah, no. You see, anything like just anything to do with maggots just makes me ill. Like I'll vomit. Just hard uh, no. Sardinian pronunciation. Literally rotten slash putrid cheese. Uh, yeah, gross. Hard no. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's created by leaving a whole pecorino cheese outside with part of the rind removed to allow the eggs of the cheese fly, the pilophilia cassae, to be laid in the cheese. The female P. cassae, I'm going to say that like a sigh, <laughs> <laughs> can lay more than 500 eggs at one time. Eggs hatch and the larva begin to eat through the cheese. The acid from the maggot's digestive system breaks down the cheese's fats, making the texture of the cheese very soft. By the time it's ready for consumption, a typical kasu marzu will contain thousands of these maggots. Blech. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, it's considered by the Sardinian aficionados to be unsafe to eat when the maggots in the cheese have died because of this only cheese with the maggots inside that are still alive is usually eaten although allowances are made for cheese that has been refrigerated which results in the maggots being killed what the fuck (laughs) when the cheese has been fermented enough it is often cut into thin strips and spread on moistened sardinian flatbread to be served with a strong red wine what the fuck you're welcome for that lovely um piece of information that i happen to have had in my brain and then went to wikipedia to confirm yeah no i'm i'm good 
Oh, <laughs> I that will now live somewhere in my cranium till the yeah. rest of time. And I don't know what I'm going to do with that, but that that's going to be there. So thanks for that. You're welcome. I told you I should start a cheese podcast. <laughs> as as you should. You know what? You and Bree, y'all can y'all can make that work since I Oh, by the way, everyone, this is my last episode of BNV Anime. I was fired yesterday. <laughs> so this is this is where we are. So it's been it's been a it's pleasure. Gonna be, I'm it's glad be a we could podcast next week. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that I could uh, end on a sports anime since it's your favorite. So at least I'm, you know, going out on my shield. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be an anime podcast next week. It's going to be cheese, uh, blue and brie cheese edition. Electric boogaloo. It, yes. Just, you got to spell your name like B-L-E-U. Sacre bleu. Sacre bleu. Black. Black. <laughs> uh, speaking of blue, blue lock. <laughs> Should we try this again? Yeah. One, one, one. <laughs> Oh my god, I can speak. I'm not tired. Everything is fine. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Blue lock. Yeah, blue lock. Um, second core, so everything is exactly the same as the first season. Manga written by Munayuki Kanashiro. Mm. Ran from April, or not April. I'm literally reading. Um... August 1st of 2018 to present for a total of 24 volumes. Anime directed by Tetsuaki Watanabe and Shunsuke Ishikawa and ran from October 9th, 2022 for present for a total of 24 episodes. And we are picking up from episode 12 through 24 on this one. Yeah, and I'm just trying to find... Wow. Um, wow. Wow. If I wrote down the information from the last time that we covered it, because it's not on I did. I said it's not on spreadsheet um, because I didn't put down the drop rate on it because it wasn't finished yet. Yeah. I compare with the previous um, ratings out of 10 to see what it was at previously and what it is now. So it was at. An 8.7 out of 10 on Anime Planet, or an 8.27 out of 10 on my anime list with an, what's that average? That's an average of... It's like 8.5, give or take. 8.5, yeah. Yeah, 8.5 we'll go with. Which is now at an 8.35 on my anime list, or an 8.68 out of Anime Planet, which gives it an average of 8.52 out of 10. So it's fluctuated a little, but it's middled out. Um, because on Anime Planet, it was scoring higher, and now it's a little lower. And then on my anime list, it was a little lower, and now it's a little higher. So it's kind of middled out. People have given it more of an average, which is how averages work. <laughs> that is exactly how that works. Um, yeah, so it's middled out a little bit more between the two sites, which is interesting. Oh. It has what? I'm good. Everything's fine. Exploding? Slightly. Okay. Have fun. It's got a drop rate of 6.63%, which is um, about average for a two-core anime season. Um, one core tends to have lower drop rates. This is also a sports anime that follows a slightly different formula to other sports animes that we've seen, especially ones that are super popular right now. Things like Haikyuu have a definite level of comedy and um, like 
jovialness to them, whereas this feels more serious and almost, I know this is silly, it feels more anime than like Haikyuu, if that makes sense. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, it's not realistic at all in its portrayal of skills or anything, and it's giving me more of that I Shield Rijuichi or I Shield 21 vibe or the Prince of Tennis vibe of like old school sports anime um in the sense that like you've got skills that are not no well they're not not physically possible because they are physically possible but they are enhanced by like flashes of light and people's eyeballs changing color and demons haunting their bodies like this it's like that kind of thing as opposed to like haikyuu or um even free or those other aspects where they have a, a more slice of life element to them outside of the sport but also are more realistically portraying um, like high school athletics. I it's take high Q, but give it demon slayers like breathing techniques, like that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're also working on a different scale to animes like High Q because High Q is a competition about Japanese kids competing in nationals, or like that's the best that they can really do. They're not dreaming higher than that. Whereas Blue Lock is featuring around kids that are trying to become the best striker in the world. So they are in this elite training program to train them up to be part of Japan's national team, but to go further than that and compete on a scale of the World Cup, right? So the scale that we're looking at is different and far more dramatic, which I also think changes the way that the show is perceived like this is so much more serious even though it does have that element of like fantasy attached to it with the like sci-fi designs and stuff um but it is like it's it's just it's more intense than like a high or something and high gets incredibly intense don't get me wrong but it has release breaks to it and that's why i'm not entirely surprised that the drop rate is a little bit higher than i would like normally see it's still not high at a 6.63 but I'm not surprised by it because this is an intense viewing experience as opposed to um, somebody who's going into it after watching a, a haiku kind of thing and then going into this. This is not the same genre, in my opinion. Like, it's the same overall genre, but the subcategory is different. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's rated APG-13, which I get. I don't think it necessarily has to be. Like, there's nothing in it that is a content warning for anyone who is under the age of 13 i just think that it is like quite like i said like the 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 idea of it is that it's a little bit more intense with the like um level of competition and it's like you have to pay attention to it more it's not super entertaining i feel like people below 13 would be bored they would get distracted you know yeah it it does feel like it's aimed at more of a more adult audience yeah because it focuses a lot more on like the psychological aspect and like how that leads to the physical aspect yeah that type of thing um and also there's some some harsh competition in there and that's something that obviously like kids can experience but it is you're more aware of everything that's on the line when you're an adult right yeah oh yeah um so with that well okay i'll give you a quick overview i kind of did give you an overview anyways but i'll give you a a more detailed overview just in case you didn't catch the last um episode with the first core so this is about a young kid um i say young kid he's like 17 um isagi who 
is um, a he's a young footballer. He wants to be the best striker in the world, and he gets scouted to join this group, um, this training program called Blue Lock. In this training program, they only host strikers, and it is a intense, um, like boarding school situation featured solely around football, where they go through different stage trials, slowly eliminating strikers to narrow it down to the top strikers of their generation um across the country these strikers are then like or the best striker the number one striker will then be put forth as the number one striker of japan and sent off into the world as a representative of japan the reason why that they decided to do this um and the the guy who runs the the company ego 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 waffle yeah, every time I saw his name, I was like, hey, hey, waffle. I know, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Um, he is. He decided to put this all together because um, he was saying that Japan has a history of having a really good team. They've got really good other players, but they've always failed to have that star quality striker that really brings the team forth. And whenever they've had strikers that have done really well, when they send them out internationally, they can't compete on an international scale. They're not good enough internationally when comparing themselves up to a Messi or Ronaldo, right? And they do use real footballers in this anime. Like, they're they're describing actual legends. And um, and so they're, they're saying that they want to funnel this into the youth program so that they can then train up their perfect striker to then actually represent Japan. Because they're in this cycle of having a, a person who looks good, making all of this merch for him, making him a huge hit in Japan, sending him off internationally. He plays for a year or two internationally, then come home, comes home um, when he's not made a success of himself um, on an international scale, saying that he struggled with cultural changes and language barriers and therefore plays in the rest, the rest of his career in the Japanese leagues. And um, they're stuck in the cycle of doing that, but he's got all of these investors that are like, but that's what makes his money and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so he starts this program which is where Isagi is meeting people who are um, part of this under 18 striker selection and um, in this competition to be the best, the best of the best. Yeah. Which takes us to chicken hats. (laughs) I'm grabbing that other one too. Oh no. Big (laughs) preach. I greatly appreciate that. Thank you very much. It's okay. Could be worse. We could have talked about buckets. Yeah. <laughs> so how do we how do we break this one down? Um do we just do we do yeah. what we haven't done and like actually go through like a short scale of what happens? I mean, yeah, we can do if you want. It's yeah. I mean, like it's it's kind of more of the same really. Yeah, it's instead of having teams of 11, they have to the initial bit of the second selection is going through um like they got to go through an individual training first where they got to score 100 goals and then after that it's like all right y'all got to form a team of three and then play three on three and then four on four and then once you get through to four on four and you become five then you get to move on but if you don't you you got to go back to steal a player from the other team if you lost you lost a player and moved down a group if you ended up a one-on-one and you lost you were out yeah and there was also a time limit. So if you didn't get to your group of five and then five all the way through, you were also eliminated. Well, I think they had it set up to where you would like 
everybody that could get five would get five. Yeah. It's just if you wait too long, then you're not going to have like good players to pick through. So mm-hmm. it's strategic, but you get to choose like who you play. Like everybody has to agree mm-hmm. on who they play, which is where our first bit happens where um where you have Isagi being like, "Yeah, we're going to we're going to take on the big 3 because yeah, that's a that's a smart idea in an anime, mm-hmm. but they do good. Like they've s- scored 4, but they lose because number 1 is just he too good. He way too good. Mm-hmm. Dude on the kickoff is just like, no, no, we're we're not going to do that. And then just scores off of the kickoff. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's how they lose Bachira, who was like Isagi's like support system, I guess, kind of. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were each other's support system. True. Although, then again, looking at it, I, I'm still surprised they didn't take Nagi, considering. Mm. But I mean, then again, like... Bachi was dribbling, but still, like, Nagi was, was kind just, of the, the heart and soul out of that bunch. Yeah, I think it was just that Bachira was the best setup for Rin, as opposed to Nagi is a player in his own right that stands, at that point, stood on his own two legs. Like, he would have been another, like, individual in a team, as opposed to Bachira was the best person to be a team player, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, Bachira wasn't going to try and ever steal the spotlight from Rin. His sole goal at that point was to just support him. Yeah. So, yeah, they lose Bachira, but then they gain Baro. Am I pronouncing that right? I don't know. I think so. Um, And he's an egotistical butt <laughs> um, who believes that his soul, like, he is the only person that can score on the field. He's the only per- That's his only job. He will never pass the ball. He only wants to like he's really really selfish and part of this whole thing is about being selfish it's about finding the ego inside of you to be that star striker because a striker has to be selfish in some regard because if they don't think that they're the best person to shoot the ball then they're gonna lose good opportunities right yeah like you have to be able to take those risks obviously they have to be calculated risks but you have to have a level of like almost ridiculous confidence to be able to think that you can make that pinpoint shot when a lot of other people would have been discouraged and wouldn't have even tried. You have to at least like, yeah, like I can do that no matter what. Like there's six defenders in front of me. I don't give a shit. Like I'm just gonna like shoot it anyways because there's still that chance that it could go in. And that's kind of what they're training for in this roundabout way is they're training skill and athleticism as well, but they're also training the mind to get through all of these mental blocks that these characters have um, that gives them the ability to stand on an international stage. In the first core, they had spoken about how um, the thing that doesn't give them the competitive edge over a lot of their international competitors is that football, for a lot of them, was the only way out of a life where they were struggling to survive. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that's a, that's a true story for a heck of a lot of footballers um, and for a lot of kids that aspire to be footballers is their you know, in really poor places and football is the only way that they can see themselves being able to support their family and change their living circumstances. I think like that's Messi's story, I'm pretty sure. Like he he I went I think so, that. yeah. So um that's that's why they're saying that these that these Japanese kids who have lived pretty comfortably their whole lives aren't on the same they don't have the same level of hunger 
that their international counterparts do have because for them it was survival whereas for these japanese kids it's after school sports you know yeah um and i mean there's there's definitely an argument there oh most most certainly like i have 100 percent agree yeah it's an interesting topic of conversation oh yeah definitely i 100 percent see where you're coming from yeah and especially because like i come from the side of things where like in england like football definitely does take working class families and like council house kids and stuff and gives them better opportunities in life for sure but like there's still so much more funding in it and so many more opportunities and like so many more like schools you can go through and all this kind of stuff to where you're kind of like in england you're given so much more but yet we're still competing on the international scale you know what i mean like it's interesting and it's the same thing here in the states too like there's so much more funding behind it i mean it's one of those things to where in america if you can you know monetize it we're gonna monetize it yeah and so there's definitely a lot of funding behind it and a lot more backing than what you have in a lot of other countries. Yeah. The States has really been an interesting country to watch in regards to football over the past decade or so, because it wasn't a thing for you guys. Like it wasn't a sport that you guys entertained. It wasn't something that was on your TVs. It wasn't something that you really worried about. Like if you didn't make the world cup, like it wasn't, national news like nobody nobody gave a shit yeah but like it's slowly starting to (laughs) infect you guys oh no it's massive like the giant arena that was built in atlanta was kind of like our big stepping stage on it and here's what i think happened if i had to take a guess okay somebody somewhere shit talked us and said we probably weren't worth a damn because if there's anything i know as an american the one thing that we don't take is somebody talking shit it was me i did that sounds about right yeah because i definitely did i remember being a kid and being like america where are they here (laughs) i remember i remember being like that everyone kind of had that that opinion of america when i was growing up yeah like what the fuck are they doing here they call it soccer like what the fuck exactly rest of the entire world calls it football Except Canada, they also call it soccer. Yeah, it's but, one of those things to where, like, that's just, that's how we are. That's how we're wired. Yeah. So, yeah, somebody somewhere talked shit and decided to set off America. Also, <laughs> like, the rest of the world laughs at your World Series, just as you know. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, because we go, World Series, ha, it's American. Why is it the World <laughs> Series? That's so fucking dumb. It's because there's a lot of international people in baseball, man. Yeah, but no, because it's not, it's not. Uh, it's not a a world competition. It's still just sports teams. It's because the MLB just signs people from all over the world. <laughs> but like, it's not America versus anybody. It's can't, America versus America. You can't compete whenever you get bought from another country. <laughs> but have a separate one. Have a World Cup. Yeah, to which <laughs> the MLB would still continue to poach people. <laughs> No, because it's from all over the world. Do that. The rules... No, it's perfectly acceptable. No, not acceptable citizenship. Eh, it's okay. Baseball's the only sport where there's not a salary cap for the individuals. Fun fact. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah, like every other sport has like a specific salary cap for their individuals. Well, like organized team sports anyway. Golf doesn't have a salary cap, but that's because you get paid like per competition. Mm. Yeah, baseball does not have a salary cap. Strippers doesn't either. Is that an organized team sport? It can be. Have you ever watched competitive pole dancing? I have. 
that shit's legit, man. It's so cool. It really is. Yeah. Like to people listening to this, like you got to go into it with an open mind because it's not sexual in any way. It's, it's like athletic. a legit competitive sport. And oh my goodness. It's people that, holding themselves up by nothing but their thighs, feet from the ground. Yeah. Like it. Oh, it's so good. It's so cool. Like, I I can't remember the last time I was so captivated by something. Like, yeah. it was just legit. It's like a cross between rock climbing, dance, and sex. <laughs> I mean, yeah, pretty much. It's about accurate. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so, so cool. I don't know how we got on this topic, but we're there. <laughs> I would definitely watch an anime about competitive pole dancing. I'm here for it. Competitive stripping. Honest, honestly, <laughs> I mean, you got to remember where pole dancing's origins come from and them strippers out there. Honestly, I have so much respect for you, your athleticism, the fact that you have to deal with the I'm a barista and I have to deal with some customers. So like hats off to you. Major, major hats off. Yeah. Mad respect to strippers. Mad, mad respect. Uh, let's see here. Where, where were we? Um, Burrow. Yeah, they got Baro, and then they got Chigiri, mm. and then they lose again. Yeah. But this time, Isagi gets taken for some reason or he another. Had an evolution. He became the genius of adaptability. He has a big brain. Yeah. That was the I only think... reason he was taken. He pissed off Rin. Yeah. Well, that's one thing that I actually really like about his character is, so he has this like um, imagery of him being stripped down puzzle piece by puzzle piece and then rebuilding himself puzzle piece by puzzle piece. And he never considered himself to be a genius, but it was commented on in this last core of the season that he is a genius. He is the genius of adaptability. And that makes so much sense to me. Like he has skilled vision. Like he's got the same ability that what's it from dive had about being able to see the dive board. Like he's just got good vision but and good reaction times but it's more than that it's his ability to look at a situation see who his teammates are and then like understand them and how he should mold himself around them which makes him the ultimate team player which isn't necessarily the, the best quality that you would normally want for a striker because again like strikers don't really have to be team players as much as other players do like a midfielder or something because their goal is to be selfish in the sense that they like they want they have to believe that they can do anything yeah but for him to be able to almost use that midfielder perspective in the position of a striker is a skill that not everyone has and it's what makes like certain players really really cool like there are players that i grew up watching that started off their careers as strikers and then as they got older and slower moved to midfielder positions and then ended up in roles of captains because they followed his same trajectory and mindset of being so adaptable it's it's definitely one of the ways that you can increase your longevity in a sport is yeah. to like not just keep up with the physical aspect but the mental aspect mm. Because the more you learn and like grow your game in that regard, the more valuable you are in that particular field. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's giving yourself a longer career as opposed to honestly, you could sacrifice some some of you could sacrifice some level of fame to give yourself a longevity. Some people can do both. 
you know like there are people mm-hmm. who who are just incredible and could do both but like it is almost like a you know i'm not going to be as vicious in my position as a striker so that i can maintain where i need to be to then keep myself going and i think that that's something that isagi is is a it's a curse and a benefit yeah oh yeah and uh, i don't know it was really interesting to have that as a as his depiction it it was incredibly interesting but it's also a very fresh perspective considering yeah. a lot of the stuff that we've seen so i like it and i love the imagery in the I show agree. yeah like it does especially the puzzle piece imagery that shit is smooth yeah it's really smooth one uh and one of the things that i like about it the, the most is that he doesn't necessarily need to be talking about a whole lot of stuff for us to understand what that imagery means that imagery is so associated in our brains now with him stripping himself down and rebuilding himself and and adapting to his environment that he could just be literally talking about something like, you know, Oh, well, you know, Varro wants to do this, strips himself down, builds himself back up again. We understand from that very like short sentence. And from that imagery that his whole perspective of the game and the team and his, his athleticism and everything has shifted in that moment. Um, and it's a very efficient way of describing that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, while that imagery was really cool, the fucking CGI, I hated it. Oh, my God. The CGI of them, like, running whenever it's showing, yeah. like, multiple people running across the field. It's so bad. But all all I can think of is the fucking, uh, what is it, like a foosball table? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All I get from that is just like watching foosball people. It really move. is. That's such a good description of it. <laughs> it's like, you know, when they're doing like it's the halftime, um, it's the halftime segment and they're doing that like projection of what they predict predict the second half will look like. It's that. Yeah. It, like, it literally is. Yeah, it's fully that. And it's just so upsetting because the rest of the animation is so nice. And then you see that and you're completely drawn out of the anime every single time it pops up. I will say, though, it is better than Tamayomi's CGI. Yeah, but, like, everything is better than Tamayomi's. Like, I, I know, but still, I have to make that point known. Like, even though we are shitting on that CGI, yeah. Tamayomi's is way worse. Yeah, but this is not good by any means. No, but at least it's so sparingly used. That's true, that but it's it not... also post-COVID. But it's... I guess it would depend on, like, the production, like, when they were making this. Yeah. Because if they were on more of, like, a week-to-week schedule type thing, yeah, then I can understand why. Mm. Like, they kind of had to do with that to, like, make it work. Because unless you have, like, an extensive period of time to get it done, mm-hmm. like, I feel like that is kind of the best that you can do. Yeah. Again, that that's just kind of my take on it because it could have been it could have been a lot worse for sure Mm -hmm. it's not great but still it it could have been much worse because we've seen much worse we have seen much worse it could have been much worse i still am knocking off like three points for it i mean like i can still give the show like a 7.5 yeah i think it was just so distracting for me and i did find the story kind of well the ending is predictable and I say the ending is predictable because they made it so obvious of how like stagnant the show was getting. So because of the system of there being these 
like three on three, four on four, five on five matches. You end up with the final match with the big like five on five and what's going to happen. And the options are they lose and Isagi gets picked or they win. Those are your two options. They cannot lose that game and have somebody other than Isagi get picked because it is so overdone by that point. Those group on group matches are exhausted. It got to the point where I was like, la la, like I don't really care anymore because like by that point you've had a three on three that lost. So then you've had a two on two, then you've had a three on three, then you've had a four on four and now you've got a five on five. That's five matches of the same plot with slightly different characters with the same thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So they couldn't have lost that match, which made it really obvious as to what was going to happen. And I don't think at that point they were, like, it didn't feel right for them to give them a complete win. So it was quite obvious to me that they were going to lose and that Isagi was going to get picked. Which I I will agree with. It, It just made the most sense for that particular thing, although it was predictable, for sure. Yeah, and, um... And so that is another reason why I want to take down a point because I feel like that the best part about sports animes is that they leave you hanging on the edge of your seat. That you don't know whether or not they're going to win or lose because you don't know whether or not they're going to give you another sad arc because sometimes you're like, oh, absolutely, they're going to give me a win. Finally, I need another win. And then they punch you in the gut with another loss because that's what they like to do with sports animes, you know? And they'll find a backstory to give you to make it make sense. They'll dig it up from somewhere, you know? And, oh um, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And so the fact that this was repetitive with a predictable ending and bad CGI left me with an overall slightly disappointed feeling at the end of the anime, which sucks because I love so much about it, but I'm not f- I didn't come out of that last episode like on a high, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Mm, I mean, I'm on the same page with you on a lot of things. Yeah. Like I enjoyed how i don't know like i enjoyed the concept of the show i enjoyed the animation for the most part the op and ed were better in the second half than they were in the first half agreed and overall yeah did just kind of fall flat Mm. like i still enjoyed myself minus the cgi that kind of took me out of it a little bit Mm -hmm. but it's still an overall like enjoyable time for sure but i I do still have my gripes and complaints most definitely yeah so you're still at a 7.5 uh, let's go to 6.5 that's what i'm at too is a 6.5 is like the thing about it is is that i think both you and i have very high expectations for sports animes now because some sports animes that we've watched have just been so incredibly good but others that we've watched have been so disgustingly bad and so when we get one that's kind of in the middle ground we're like you had so much potential we were rooting for you and uh and no it's just not it's not living up to the hype, I don't think. I mean, it's better than a lot of most modern sports anime, but it's not high yeah. Q either. No, yeah. It felt much more shonen y than high Q. Yeah, and I think th- I think this is the thing that I was talking about earlier with like the slight genre differences. I think the thing that makes Haikyuu so wonderfully good is the break that you get from the intensity of the sport whenever there's just a slice of life moment and it's there's the comedic side of it, there's the bonding outside of the sport, but there's also the bonding in just like casual practice and like getting to know your team members and appreciation for other people that are opposing you. Like you don't get as much connection to the characters here you don't get to see them 
like as intensely on their off time like you get off time moments throughout this show but it doesn't feel comfortable there's always this underlying feeling of stress from the environment that they're in and that provides like the viewer is then feeling stressed throughout the entirety of watching the show and one thing is like humans don't like to stay in emotions for very long like we're we're quick to switch from emotions and so when you force a viewer to stay in one emotion for a long time the, your viewer gets tired and i feel like that's kind of where i was at with this show is i i was just tired of watching it yeah yeah i i get that 100% yeah but there's so much good about it the character design is is really good yeah the character design is good the animation is impeccable whenever it sticks yeah. to you know 2d and doesn't go cgi on us yeah and like even just the imagery like we were talking about with isagi's like puzzle pieces like that's very well done yeah and even the like breathing technique of you know how they handle themselves and whatnot like that's good too like it's good imagery overall it's just uh, do better story yeah and and for the most part the pacing is pretty decent i like the fact that internal monologues range drastically from being a quick moment to a half of an episode and i feel like that they pace them well spaced out with each other sometimes they got a little they dragged on a little bit but i don't i think the editing was decent yeah um voice acting was good across yeah. the board yeah um i watched it subbed and there was an actual englishman voicing the uh english character at the end mm-hmm. i watched it subbed and dubbed mm. and yeah both both were decent mm-hmm. i'll give them that um yeah i i mean visually it did get a little tiring just because of the like not from the animation side of things but because of the the scenes again it's the same thing of like they're stuck in a in a in a big building so we're always only going to see this couple of rooms inside of the big building so that over 25 episodes is 24 episodes is a lot concrete walls for days yeah so you don't even really get much of a visual difference you're not getting a story difference you're also not getting a visual difference does that make sense yeah no it does yeah and i feel like if this was a one core anime like if they had just done one core and then wrapped up a storyline and then waited and done a whole nother core separate i feel like it would have been better <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Even though we split it up and watched it in two segments, I feel like the team needed a break. I I agree. Yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it was good. Yeah. Not great, but it was good. It was fine. It's a fine anime to watch. I just feel like there's better sports animes out there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So that everything? I think so. All right. Well. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Socials, uh, Brad Garen VO or Brad Carter Gaming, depending on where you look. Blues Lavenders, wherever you look. And BNB Anime, wherever you look. Also, www.bnbanime.com and YouTube slash BNB Anime. We're in the places. You can find us there. And yeah, future projects coming soon. And with that, thank you all so much for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Love you. Bye.